you, I'm not going to wear this, but I'll put it back on when I get down, okay? <laughs> and I'll try not to spit too much. Guys, thank you so much for coming this morning. Uh, what a privilege it is to pastor you. What a privilege it is that we do get to, to gather together um, as a church family. Now, while Dave and Brendan are away, uh, I get the opportunity to say whatever I want. And I could get fired afterwards, but, you know, I'm going <laughs> to... But I wanted to tell you guys, um, they're both away on holidays um, at this time. And, you know, I know you are very aware, but they have served us so well, leading us through 2020 uh, and all the regulations and all the rules and um, the New South, Wales, New South Wales government restrictions. And I do ask um, that you would continue to pray for us um, because it is a privilege to lead you, and we know the responsibility and the weight before the Lord that is on us as we lead. And so we'd ask for your continued prayer um, support. Uh, And I appreciated the emails that we got yesterday, that I got yesterday with regards to the email that I sent out. Um, And so if you have any questions about anything that we ever send out, we we would love for you to um, get in contact with us. But we are leading through um, these new restrictions. Next Sunday will probably look a little bit different, but we will contact with you through the week via the blog or via an email. So if you guys can keep watch on your um, Elvant, uh, your email or on the blog, um, we'll keep you updated uh, to the best of our ability. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for leading us the way that you did this morning in song. That was a privilege. And Coyote and, you know, leading us in church family prayer and Yui giving us notices. What a gift that we have as a church family people being able to serve us in those ways. Now, it's my joy this morning to get to preach to you, um, and um, if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn to Psalm 93. Um, That's what we're going to be looking at this morning, Psalm 93. So I'd like to read that to you, and then we'll pray, and then we'll work our way through this passage. But Psalm 93 reads this way. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up. O Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are a God who reigns. Thank you that we are your creation and you speak to your creation through your word so that we can have knowledge and understanding. And so we ask this morning that you would speak to us through your word, by your Holy Spirit, that we might be changed, that our confidence might be strengthened, and that there would be joy in our hearts because the Lord reigns. And so we ask this. And your matchless name. Amen. Now, am I doing anything? Um, did I just... Um, are we good? Yep. I'll keep going. Um, and we'll see if this humming sorted. 
Last year, January 5th, 2020, we started off the year looking at this question. What do you trust? That was the question that I posed to you last January, and the answer we found was in Psalm 62, and our only hope is in God alone. That was amongst the midst of those fires. Remember those raging fires that were going throughout New South Wales? Followed by those fires, we then were met with floods throughout New South Wales. Followed by that, we had this extraordinary news that um, Prince Harry and Meghan left the royals. I mean, that made news headlines. More seriously, though, the World Health Organization announced that there was a deadly coronavirus that had emerged in Wuhan, spreading across the globe, infecting more than 20 million and killing at least 750,000 people. Other headlines were that Kobe Bryant, with his daughter, was killed in 2020. Trump was impeached. Market crashed. Black Lives Matter protests were all over the place. That terrible Beirut explosion killing 190 people. Then we had the California fires, and then we had the Melbourne lockdown. And remember those to- terrible toilet paper wars that were going on on social media? It was a disgrace. We were fighting like cats and dogs over toilet paper. But that was what 2020 was. And then we had our own personal tragedies and events of our own lives. And so heading into 2021, here's what I believe the Lord wants us to stop and stare at and be amazed at and be reminded about, uh, reminded by. Psalm 93, the Lord reigns. Friends, if you walk away with anything this morning... Would it be that you walk away hearing loudly and seeing clearly, it is the Lord who reigns. The Lord reigns. Do you understand that the Lord reigns? Does that affect you? Does that excite you? Does that scare you? The psalmist is telling us that the Lord reigns. As brothers and sisters in Christ and as creations of our great creator, that news ought to bring us great comfort. Sovereign Grace Sydney, the Lord reigns. Now, as we stare and consider these these divinely inspired words of Psalm 93, we're going to see some, some great news. Yahweh. Yahweh, the Lord, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He reigns and he is dressed majestically and he is mighty and he is accessible and he is dwelling among us and he reigns. I want you to know something about Psalm 93. You see, Psalm 93 is written for the original hearers, and it's um, written for us here today. It is to remind the weary pilgrim. When they are tempted to despair in the midst of storms, 
that the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns amidst the storms. His sovereign rulership ought not be forgotten. And the psalmist wants to ready and strengthen your soul this morning. And that is what I've been in praying. That's what I've been praying would be the intended effect this morning. That we would walk away this morning recognizing the storm around us, but we would recognize who is ruling and who is reigning and that our souls would be steadied and our hearts would be comforted because we know who reigns. And so this morning, my sermon is very simple. Psalm 93, my title this morning is, guess, The Lord Reigns. My two points are Psalm 93 explained and then Psalm 93 applied. And so we're going to walk through Psalm 93 together. So make sure you have your Bibles open as we walk through this verse. So Psalm 93, 1a starts out, The Lord Reigns. The Lord Reigns. And the psalmist is answering the question here of who reigns over all this? Who is reigning and ruling and governing? And the psalmist is answering, it's the God, the Lord. God, the Lord is reigning. Five times, five references and five verses, we see that the Lord reigns over all. Now, some of you know this, some of you may not know this. Anytime you see capital L-O-R-D, that is God's name, Yahweh. And so when the original hearers saw or heard Yahweh, they knew that that was a special personal name. In fact, that's the name that God revealed to Moses of who he is. If you flick over to Exodus chapter 3, we see this beautiful encounter of when God reveals himself to Moses in the burning bush. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel, oops, sorry, go to verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord. See that capital L-O-R-D in the English translation? The God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. This is an echo of Exodus. The psalmist using language that refers back to the Exodus. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. That God that led you through the Exodus, he reigns. He reigns, and he reigns with compassion, and he reigns with saving power and faithfulness. He is a faithful God to fulfill his promises. That is the God who reigns. That is who the God that this psalmist is talking about. And now look, the psalmist then goes on to say the Lord reigns. He's robed in majesty. Look how the psalmist is now drawing attention to the way that the Lord is dressed to take notice of that. The divine wardrobe here is on display. Why is that important, do you think? It's important because the way kings dressed was a statement. It was a statement, and the psalmist is pointing to what the king has on, and so it ought 
to take, we ought to take note as readers. What is he dressed in? He is robed. He has put on, he's robed in majesty, one A says. And then one C says, the Lord is robed. He's put on strength at his belt. This divine wardrobe is very important. He's dressed in majesty. Majesty equals greatness. When we refer to her majesty, the queen, majesty equals greatness, the greatness of Queen Elizabeth. It's quite interesting, J.I. Packer, in his book, Knowing God, if you don't have that book, I would encourage you to get your hands on J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God. And in your quiet times, if you can this week, I would encourage you to turn to chapter 8. He's written a whole chapter on majesty. And this is a quote that I pulled from that that I read this week. Listen to this. It's amazing. Our word majesty comes from the Latin, and it means greatness. The word majesty, when applied to God, is always a declaration of his greatness and an invitation to worship. The Christian's instincts of trust and worship are stimulated very powerfully by knowledge of the greatness of God. But this knowledge, which Christians today largely lack, we are modern people, and modern people, though they cherish great thoughts of themselves, have, as a rule, small thoughts of God. There are no small thoughts of God in Psalm 93. The Lord alone is robed in majesty. He alone is truly great. He has put on strength, verse 1b says. He is armed and ready for war. He's packing, as they say. He's a majestic warrior. He is a mighty king. And he's ready to fight on behalf of his people. And you might think, really? Well, in Exodus 14, 14, you read these incredible words. The Lord will fight for you, he tells Moses and the children of Israel. The Lord will fight for you. And you have only to be silent. Isn't that amazing? The Lord who reigns is robed with might and power. And he fights for you. And then the psalmist takes us to the extent of his rule. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. Did you know that the stability of the world is guaranteed by the stability of the throne that is established. Let me say that again. The stability of the world is guaranteed by the stability of the throne that is established. Whose throne is established? The psalmist is pointing to the Lord who reigns before creation. He was everything. Everything has been created and designed by him, and we reflect him by creating and making. But where did all those resources come from? The psalmist is noting that the Lord who reigns is established. His throne is established, and it has been established from old. And the one who occupies the throne is the one who is from Everlasting. Oh, if you get a chance to read through Isaiah this week, I'm giving you a 
lot of homework to read through in your quiet times. You might, <laughs> yeah, but take notes, look at it sometime. But Isaiah 40 just goes over and over again about who God is and the beautiful psalms that were read this morning that talk about the Lord's power and his reign. Oh, we serve, my friends, a God who reigns. He reigns. The psalmist then, after he established this king who reigns and how he mighty is and how dressed he is, uh, how he's dressed and how he's established, the psalm now introduces, the psalmist introduces a picture of a threat. Read verse 3. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Waters and floods for the original hearers would have been a picture of great threat. They would have heard waters and floods and understood that something is creeping in on them that could overtake them as powerful and is scary. This biblical imagery would have meant something to the original readers. Pictures of forces of chaos in a fallen world. It is a relentless picture of repetition. It is a constant pounding of a storm. It's not just a passing shower. It's relentless. It's scary. Have you ever been in a storm and felt afraid? Those thunderclaps, those lightning bolts, the crashing of the rain. Picture that, constant and relentless. The original readers would have also interpreted, or interpreted to mean that there is this possible national threat of the Gentiles coming in and taking over. It is a fearful image that the, the psalmist is getting, giving to us. And that metaphor that we're seeing here, for us as modern readers, it's a fearful for us. Are not host, hostile seas familiar to you? Have you not experienced threatening storms or rising waters in your own life? Can you identify with this metaphor? Perhaps right now you are seeing the waters rise around you and they're about to take you under. But notice what the psalmist does. He shifts our gaze to a heavenly perspective and a reality that says, verse 4, mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. See and hear, friends, the superiority your Lord and God and Yahweh who reigns. He is more superior than those mighty waves that seem to overtake and smash in all around you. It is so easy, my friends, to move on from here and say, I know, I know, I know he's mighty, I know. Or perhaps you sit here this morning and you say, you know what? Doesn't feel like it. It's not my life. It's not my story. Or perhaps you might say, that's ridiculous. It's rubbish. 
can't prove God. My friend, I am so glad that you're here this morning if those are your thoughts. But I need to tell you this truth. Our creator has formed us and made us. And he tells us who he is. He's mighty. He's reigning. Your pain is real. Your hurt is real. You have a creator who's ruling. Has not forgotten you. Has not abandoned you. The Lord on high is mighty. And I want to tell you this. You won't go under. If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life this morning, you won't. Promise. You won't. In verses 3 and 4, there is this declaration of the victorious and superiority of God. The psalmist wants to remind its readers, mightier than the many thunders of the many waters is the Lord who reigns. Mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty, and the Lord reigns. Look what the psalmist does in verse 5. The psalmist then takes us in a surprising way, but in a beautiful way. And the psalmist says, your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house. O Lord, forevermore. The psalmist ends on a sweet, personal, comforting reminder. The Lord is with you. Notice how he says, notice that he's near his people. Notice he's near his people. He's accessible to his people. But you may not have picked it up when you first hear those words. You need to read and slow down and understand. What does it mean when it says your decrees are very trustworthy? What are his decrees? His word. His living and active word is accessible to you whatever storm you're going through. It's available to you whatever trial you are going through. He is accessible also. Because he has chosen to graciously dwell with his people. And the psalmist draws attention to this when he references your house. You see, the majestic and the mighty God who takes up residence with his people, he did this back in the Old Testament, where in the construction of the tabernacle, the tabernacle was God's presence with his people. And then on the cross, the curtain was ripped open. We have the Holy Spirit. He is with us and he is present. He is near to his people in his house. So the Lord who reigns on high overall, he dwells with his people. And he speaks to his people through his word, strengthening and sustaining them. And whatever floods people are called to face or endure. 
and by the grace of God, the people of God reflect the holiness of God in the midst of suffering and trial. Why? Because holiness befits his house, our house. While we go through trouble and trial, holiness, holiness befits his house. The holiness of God's people is a befitting response to our majestic and victorious Lord, Yahweh. That's Psalm 93 explained. So then what are the implications of Psalm 93 in the midst of our storm? Let me ask you, as you kind of hear this, do you sense that the psalmist is kind of looking you eyeball to eyeball? I don't know how you hear the Bible or how you read the Bible, but this is a personal, personal, a God, a personal relationship. He's speaking to us. But when you read the Bible, are you asking him to reveal himself to you? Because he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants you to live in his creation, confident that you know who your creator is, who's made you, why you're here, what his purposes are for you. Do you know him? Do you love spending time with him? He wants to assure you of who he is. The psalmist is speaking to us and he's making eye contact with us. And so when you look around at your life at the moment, when you look out across your state, as you look out at your workplace, as you look out at your family, as you look out at your friends, what do you see? When you think of 2021, what could possibly overwhelm you? I wrote down some things that came to mind. Vaccinations, masks, restrictions, political power struggles, injustices, financial pressures, children not working with the Lord, cancel culture, employment cutbacks, friendship breakdowns, infertility, addictions, unfaithfulness. Will I ever get married? Will I ever own a home? Will I ever get better physically? Are those some of the storms that you might be facing? Are those voices roaring loudly? The psalmist wrote this psalm. For when you are standing in it, when the waters are creeping up, the psalmist is wanting to assure you That the Lord reigns. So lift our gaze to the Lord. If you look with me again at verses 3 and 4, there is this beautiful picture of what perhaps it is like for us. See how it says, the floods have lifted up, O Lord. And then in verse 4, mightier than the waters. 
And then you look at one, at back at verse 3, and then there's this repetition of the floods have lifted up their voice. And then in verse 4, there's this repetition that mightier than the waves of the sea. And then you look back at verse 3, and it says the floods lift up their, their roaring. And then the, the verse 4 says, but the Lord on high is mighty. In the midst of storm, friends, what do you hear? Oh, that we could be able to sing verse 4. I'm not a musician, but that there was a good melody to put those words into song. And that we could sing that in the midst of trial. Now, I don't want you to hear me saying this. I'm not saying that you won't hurt in storms. I'm not saying that you just got to put on a smiley face and uh, the Lord reigns. No. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that when you walk through the storm, that you with hope, knowing that this isn't home, but I'm headed somewhere beyond the blue. And my Savior has not abandoned me or left me. That he is ruling and reigning. What I'm saying is that our circumstances don't alter the sweet reality that the Lord is mighty. Friends, I'm wanting to tell you what I'm meaning is that our circumstances don't alter the truth that the Lord reigns. This is the theological centerpiece of this psalm. The Lord reigns. But I bet some people this difficult. Some people find this a really hard pill to swallow because of what they've walked through. And they haven't felt as though the Lord is ruling and reigning sovereignly, caringly, lovingly, making my life good. J.I. Packer once again made a brilliant, brilliant statement that I have to share with you. It's just a few words. You might want to write this down. You may want to get a tattoo of this because it's beautiful. To remind yourself. His hand, it may be hidden, but his rule is absolute. Friend. seen his hand but his rule has been absolute isn't that a beautiful picture in this storm where are you help his rule is absolute and you know what the psalmist wants us to do is to shift our gaze And help us direct our view heavenward. He steadies our soul in the midst of storms, friends. And you may be thinking that I don't know what you're going through. You're right. I I probably don't know what you're going through and what you're suffering from. But if you're human and you're anything like me, you probably have a list of things that you just think, God, if you could just assure me of this. 
If I could just know this, then I would say that the Lord reigns and and I'm confident and I'm happy and okay, I'll face trials. But what would be on your list? What difficulties are you facing? What difficulties are you fearing? I mean, all of us would have items that would appear on our list. And I, can I assure you of something this of can I assure you of something this morning and that is God's sovereign reign is not weakened. And the and the psalmist reminds us of that. So I'm encouraging you that even in your list the Lord will reign and he can settle your soul in the midst of rising storms. He hasn't forgotten you. He is not surprised by pandemics, fires, floods, financial, marital, parenting, relational hardships. He rules and reigns over that. Friends, no circumstance can alter this reality. And so when singing this psalm, would you have a heart steadied and even excited? My God reigns. I don't see his hand, but his rule is absolute, and I trust him. You know, for the Christian here, I want to remind you of something very, very special that you have. You can experience God's nearness in the form of the Holy Spirit who dwells within. We sometimes so forget that. We forget that we have the power of the living God living in us through the Holy Spirit. And the Lord uniquely draws near to us. And let me tell you this. When the church gathers, the Lord meets with us. The Lord is not silent. He speaks through his, cre- his word. He speaks through his creation. And in his scriptures, his words and decrees are sufficient for every season circumstance. So the Christian is not only secured by the sovereign rule of God, but made secure by the trustworthy decrees of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I am tempted to spend more time than I ought viewing what's happening in and around me rather than meditating on his trustworthy decrees. You as well? Let me ask you, what trustworthy decrees do you need to hear today? What trustworthy promise do you need to hear today? What about this, Isaiah 43, 2-3. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, the Lord says. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned And the flames shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. How good is he? Yes, he reigns with majesty and power, and yet he personally and particularly knows just what you need. Do you need a trustworthy command today? There is a command that is very common, and you will know it when I tell you, possibly if you memorize scripture, what these words are. But in Isaiah 41.10, the most common command that we have as Christians, fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Friends, if I were you, if I could encourage you in any way, and you're walking through storms, 
paste, tape, get wallpaper of promises and put them all around you and call them out. Pray them out. The Lord is with you. They are worthy and full of trust, his promises and decrees. That is what God says. So, you know, friends, we read this psalm with an added advantage as well than the psalmist. Did you know that? Oh, that you and I could read Psalm 93 with these New Testament eyes. Because this psalmist, he only knew of the promise of one, of a Messiah to come and to make all things new. And yet with us, we have this invisible, majestic, and mighty God who has made visible to us in the incarnation, his son, Jesus Christ. See, this psalmist, has painted this incredible picture of a storm. And yet the Lord says that he is mightier. God, Yahweh, is mightier than that storm. And there is a storm that Jesus has gone through that you and I will never, ever, ever have to face. And that is the storm of facing God's holy and righteous wrath. Jesus went through that storm on our behalf. You know, in the New Testament, there is a story of Jesus and the disciples in a boat, and they're going out on the Sea of Galilee, and um, they're in the boat, and all of a sudden, a windstorm comes up, and on the Sea of Galilee, it gets quite windy. The waves begin to crash in on the boat, and Jesus is asleep at the back of the boat. And the disciples are freaking out because the water is actually getting inside the boat, and where's Jesus? He's asleep at the back. The disciples get panicky and they walk over to him and they're shaking him. Jesus, Jesus, it's a storm. And Jesus stands up and he commands the winds and the waves to stop. Now in the Old Testament, only God controls the weather. But here in the New Testament, the disciples are seeing Jesus control the winds and the waves and saying, stop. And they stop. And then the disciples are saying, who is This man, that even the winds and the waves obey him. We, friends, have set a greater insight than the psalmist does. Because we see with new eyes. Jesus, he went through a storm that we'll never have to go through. And it took the word to stop that storm. It took his life. He died on the cross. For our sins. His just. Facing God's just and holy wrath for our sin. You see how the Lord reigns? He is mightier. He provided a way of escape for us. If we look and believe. If you're not here this morning. And you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. We would love to talk to you about Jesus. And having a personal relationship with him. You know the scary thing is. A lot of people say I believe in God. But the demons believe in God, friends. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Is he your Lord and Savior? He rules and he reigns. And he's coming again. It was in mid-2014 that I walked into a hospital of a dear saint who was having a knee replacement. And the hospital, she learned um, just as she'd come out of operation, she'd got an important phone call 
that she had to take, and it was from her son, who was in another hospital visit, but he was being um, uh, giving his report for some tests to come back. And um, what they had discovered was that her son had stomach cancer and was given three months to live. She is bedridden, just having knee replacements. I go into her hospital room. Her husband is sitting by the window. She's laying on the bed. I could tell that something was wrong. She was broken. Her son was married and had two small children. And what she was worried about wasn't what was going to happen to his wife or even her grandchildren. What she was worried about was her son's eternal salvation, his soul. Because you see, her son had said, there is no God. He was a confessed atheist. And she was saying to me, Patrick, if God is sovereign, then he can change my son's heart and he, my son will be saved. But I've prayed for years and he still is not saved. And I struggle because God isn't doing what I want him to do. And she wept and she prayed and we prayed together. And it was 12 weeks later that my wife and I went to the funeral home. And as we got to the funeral home, she came straight to me and she fell into my arms crying and saying, Patrick, who am I to question the Almighty who reigns? Who am I to question the Lord who reigns? I may not understand his ways and I may not see his hand, but his rule is absolute. My friends, as you head into 2021, my prayer for you is that you would be able to say, his hand may be hidden, but his rule is absolute, and he reigns. As I look out at you, my job is a community life pastor, and I get to pray for you people. I get to walk with you people in various trials and seasons of life. If I could give you anything for 2021, it would be that perspective that the Lord reigns. And I wish I could take away the trials. I wish I could take away the pain. But here's what I know. The Lord will use this. And the Lord will meet you in surprise. And the Lord will carry you through. If your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, no one can stop his good plans for you. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for grace. I thank you for uncomfortable grace. I thank you for forgiving grace. I thank you for tender grace. I thank you for powerful grace. I thank you for saving grace. 
And Lord, I pray that as we head into 2021, our souls would be steadied, our hearts would be strengthened, and that our confidence would be so much more solid because the Lord reigns and he reigns over all. Lord, help us to see your hand. Help us to see you when the waters are crashing in and the waves and the sound is loud and we can barely hear you. Oh, Lord, tune our ears to your decrees which are trustworthy. Lord, I love these people that are in front of me. And I ask that you would let them know your love for them, your care for them. And would all glory and honor go to you, Father, for when we consider 2021, would we hold on to your promises, which are good and trustworthy. In Jesus' wonderful and matchless name I pray. Amen.